Hi, how are you? I'm okay. How are you? I'm I'm good. I'm good now that I have the ability to talk to you. I'm pretty good. <laughs> internet? Yeah, my fucking internet went out. It's I'm fine. I'm so sorry. It's fine. It's it'll be fine. It'll be it'll be great. It'll be great. So, um what internet why does the internet got to be like why can't it just work? Like I don't uh because it's run by a bunch of hamsters and when the hamsters get tired <laughs> they have to reset the boxes and put new hamsters in or in some cases they're run by ferrets and ferrets are pretty fickle and sometimes they don't like to run on their wheels to make the power yeah if it's run by ferrets mm-hmm. we're fucked okay yeah, exactly thank you for the explanation I was <laughs> you're welcome i was hoping okay <laughs> so anyways um we had a patreon person uh fan uh, someone yeah they they made a request for us to cover something however it is not juicy enough to cover for a full episode however i can talk about it for 10 minutes or nine minutes at this point works for me um okay so so what they asked me to cover is centralia pennsylvania bless you have you i'm pretty sure i'm saying that right i know someone's gonna come in on instagram and be like it's actually and i'm gonna scream so if it's not pronounced that way i'm so sorry I mean, I assume it's pronounced that way. That's what it looks like. Centralia, Pennsylvania. Yeah. You can't look it up. Don't look it up. No, don't I just up. looked up the name. Shit, calm down. Uh, don't God. ruin it. Okay. Right, listen, this is okay. what I've been looking forward to all week. Don't ruin oh, this. Oh, me. okay. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Please tell me. Okay. So this is a mining town. Mm-hmm. And it originally <gasps> started. In- don't. Go ahead. Nah. Okay. I think I know, <laughs> but go ahead. No, no, no. Because no, no, as soon as you said mi- mining town, I was like, oh, 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 oh. Go ahead. Oh. Okay, so it started in the 1960s as yeah. a mining town, which is really weird. So this this is a mining town that's um, in in Pennsylvania, and this it it it's been kind of like a like a preserved town. Like it's just been a town that's just been untouched by everything because the mining mm-hmm. in the area um, kind of helps upkeep itself. Because even during like the Great Depression and the World Wars and stuff like that, like the whole mining town has just never had any issues. So yeah, obviously 1860s to i don't know 1960 is well i'll talk about it in a second that's that's a long time that's a hundred years of mining right correct yes every every day down in the mines yeah uh, there's about three thousand residents in this town right yeah so you can imagine you know mining for a hundred years there's gonna be a lot of tunnels there's gonna mm-hmm. be a lot of stuff there's gonna be a lot oh, yeah. going on but also that's three thousand people in a town so that's also, you know, not a lot of people, probably not a lot of like regulations, not not a whole, not a whole yeah. lot going on, right? Yeah. Uh, so so around the early, you know, 1900s, government, you know, didn't really care about, you know, like regulations and especially the environment. God, no, not in the 1960s. Oh no, especially not if they're mining. Because what was it like a coal mine? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Oh yeah. Nobody thing. gives a fucking coal no. mines, bro. No. <laughs> so, so the town sought to. Use the abandoned mine shafts as landfills. Oh, that's smart. Yeah, let's just throw all of our garbage in the ground. Yes. Cool. So they've been so they've been throwing all of their garbage. The whole town, all 3,000 people, depending on who you ask, uh, down into the mines. Just yeah, yeah, because yeet it, yeet it under the street. You know, right? Because that's how that's how this whole thing works. So, anyways. So after, so finally, after all this, and finally in 1962, uh, the town was like, we've got to clean this up because, you know, it stinks and there's rats everywhere, as you could possibly imagine. Oh, for sure. Because, I mean, what do rats do? They find trash and eat it and take it other places and, you know. Right. Cool. Right, right, right. So, so 
you dump trash down abandoned coal mines, okay? Great idea. Right? Now, you want you want to know what's an even better idea? Tell me. You want to know what this town decided to do with the trash in order to deal with it? I think I know, but tell set, me. Set it on fire. Yeah, because that's smart in a coal mine. Set that's, set yeah. the trash on fire. Cool. In the coal mine. So cool, 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 they, cool. They, they calculated that it wasn't supposed to set the coal on fire. However, they were apparently pretty <laughs> fucking bad at math. So, so one of the abandoned... <laughs> Let's let's just let's let's throw a trash like a Molotov onto a trash pile and just pray it doesn't touch the coal that's also down there. Yeah, that's 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 some good figuring, my boys. Yeah, they figured fucking stupid. Ugh. So so uh, one of the abandoned uh, tunnels that they don't know, no one knows because this probably wasn't. It was just probably just like you know um, the good old boy system down oh, there, yeah. right? For sure. So caught on fire. Other t- tunnels started to catch on fire. More more shit's catching on fire because it's coal. It's going to catch on fire. Imagine that. And oh, no. It started to spread underneath the entire town of Centralia. And the whole mining deal had to stop because of unsafe levels of carbon monoxide. Whoops. So it did, they tried to stop it. They tried to you know extinguish it they tried to collapse the caves and suffocate it out they tried everything right, however yeah. again because it's the good old boy system they didn't keep that i don't think they kept track of like the tunnels and whatnot so whenever they would try to figure out where it was coming from you can't even get down there because everything's on fire and also yeah. like the air you can't breathe the air because it's on fire right so so um they kind of just had to abandon it yep. um they they had to abandon it so the ground or um the ground the tunnels actually started to reach over 900 degrees fahrenheit Dope. which obviously is going to like you know fuck up the surface too uh. um graves graves and and like the would oh no go down yeah, yeah would actually go down into the tunnels like because the whole oh, ground's no. giving out yeah okay um so sinkholes were opening up randomly because yep. the ground the ground's burning up the coal so there's now pockets of this ground to fall into right apparently a 12 year old boy fell into the sinkhole baby and, but didn't die didn't oh thank die. god okay so well, there you go um so that had happened and then Congress decided that it was time to buy everybody and move them out. So they kicked everybody out of Centralia. And Centralia, yeah, by 1992. So people still oh. stuck around for a really for a decent long time. So I guess it took a while for like the af- aftermath to actually yeah. like take effect on the area. So kicked out, bought out, the zip code was terminated for the town. Awesome. Wow. And s- Seven people were rela- seven people were allowed to remain under court order that they could not sell the property. When they died, that's it. Or they Damn. moved away, that's it. They would just lose it. Damn. So it still burns today. Still burns to this day. It is still on fire. Um, oof. Weirdly, but oof. Oh, you said oof. Uh, weirdly enough, there are thirty-eight active mining fires on fire right mining fires yeah. are on fire because that's yeah. how it works in pennsylvania 38 wow just just centralia is apparently the worst wow 
Okay, so, so Pennsylvanians so, aren't very good at keeping hot button issues um, contained. Yeah, so apparently you can still visit the area, mm-hmm. and it's not haunted. Uh, some people hear some weird things. Some people, I've, yeah. I read like two stories where it was like really weird of like, we heard voices off in the distance, but it right. could have just been maybe people off in the distance, but I didn't find enough to cover an episode. So uh, you could go there and visit um, the steam from... The burning coal can be seen on Highway 61. It apparent it ruptured up the highway Oof. and left a giant crack in the highway. And you Oof. can see the steam coming out of this crack from the uh, coal burning underneath. Damn. So the reason why yeah. uh, the particular person asked to have this covered is because this is the town that is based off of Silent Hill. Hell yeah, it is. Because so it's they, so hazy and smoky and spooky. Like, you yeah. walking into it and everything's, like, decrepit because people just had to up and fucking leave. Yep. Oof. So that's, so that's, yeah, yeah. That's Silent Hill. Spookalicious definition. What came, Silent Hill's a movie, right? No, it's a game yeah. series. Well, it's a game series first and then a movie. What, okay, that's what I was going to yeah. ask. I was like, did, what came first, the game yeah. or the movie? The game. The, I think okay. the first Silent Hill was released in 93. I want to oh, say damn. Silent Hill 1. I want to say. I'm not positive, but okay. Well, there you go. That's that. Th- th- was that what you were? Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. So you knew. That's yes, I, I did. Want to, I didn't yes, want to spoil did. it for the listeners. Oh, excuse me. Ninety nine. <laughs> I'm stupid. It came out in ninety nine. I mean, I mean, it's it's still in the nineties. It's still in the nineteen nineties. Yeah, 1900s. it was just the, the other end of the nineties. Ugh. Oops. I was. How old was I? Five. I don't know. I was five. Yeah. I was five. I was five. Ninety four. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good talk. Great talk, actually. You want to know? It's also a great talk, actually. Yes. <laughs> what is it? Spooky stories. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, it's not like we haven't done this like 51 times now. And I still don't. That's fine. No, we're doing great. I still great. don't know what the fuck's going on. What um, story of my life? Yeah. Uh, okay. Heads or tails? Uh, booty ass, because that's the theme of my story. Booty uh, ass. <laughs> I was like so intrigued about your story, and then I realized my mistake. You have a, made a big mistake, actually. I made a, I made a yeah. huge mistake. I'm so uncomfortable. Please, God, let me go first so I can just zone out. <laughs> Fuck you, go first. Hell yeah, booty ass. Okay. Mm. What's uh, um uh before before we get started? Yes. If you want to support us in this, why is there always a smudge mark on my glasses? If Welcome you want to glasses, it is stupid. I don't have to wear <laughs> glasses, but it's annoying. Um, if you want to keep supporting this shit show uh <laughs> please sure to head on over to patreon at patreon.com slash hot her i barely know her we have two tiers we have a five dollar investigator tier uh general shout out um close friends on instagram and then the seven dollar tier also includes all that plus access to our notes and bonus episodes that we eventually get around to doing huh. they're really good though <laughs> we cover high they're, strangeness and they're pretty dope <sighs> they're good it's just it's really hard to get to because 
Yes. Life and things are a little weird right now. Yes. We're both transitioning into ah. things. So, yeah. So uh, we're getting there. So anyways, back to um, our original content. Zoe, can yeah. please please tell us. Hello. Um, yes. How I fucked up this week. Yes. All right. So Katie made a really big mistake. Um, this this is titled The Abductions of Elizabeth Clarer, which my accent comes out really bad when I say her last name. So from henceforth, she will be called Elizabeth. Elizabeth um, Clarer. Yes. That's just disgusting. Yeah, it's K-L-A-R-E-R. Clarer. So my accent comes out bad. Hey. Yeah. Do you like my glasses? I do. They're nice and new and cute. They're new. I like them. They're my fancy nerd glasses that I'm going to wear to work. I like them. They're just... They look really cute. They're they're just... Thanks. They're just uh, blue. Blue, white. Nice. Because I have to stare at a screen for eight hours. Yeah, fuck that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. All right, go ahead. All right, so this this entire uh, notes, all of this, this whole this whole thing, is dedicated to Katie specifically for the amount of soft Me? like yes. Oh uh, no! For, no, for the amount of alien softcore porn I had to read today. Uh, so <gasps> <laughs> this is all for you. <laughs> One hundred and fifty pages of a if, book. If oh, <laughs> with some really intense that- sex scenes. <laughs> Is that disgusting? Is that why you were, is that why you were telling me before we started about your friend? Yes, that who, had that would read. like yeah. We would get uh, we would all get drunk and he would read uh, softcore porn to us. So you know, <laughs> yeah, uh, you're not drunk, but you're gonna get it. So here we go. Is uh, it too late? Is no. it too late? <laughs> no, it's it's very much too late. Um, sorry, and I'm not okay. apologizing. So so for people who don't know and they don't understand. I get really uncomfortable <laughs> of, on the topic of sex. I don't, I don't know. I just don't. So this is going to be great. Thanks. This, this is right. going to be a lot of fun. There's actually a lot more in here, just not just alien sex. So that's cool. Okay, great. I'm so glad. I, yeah. I right. love get, getting so uncomfortable for two fucking episodes. Ugh. Let's go. All right. So Elizabeth Clarer, her uh, maiden name was Woolet. Well, at, I don't know how you say that. Uh, she oh. was born July 1st, 1910 in South Africa. So she is the youngest daughter of Espy and Florence Woolat. And Espy was a veterinary surgeon who had settled in the Connington Farm near uh, Rosetta in the Natal Midlands in South Africa. So he became a successful shorthorn farmer. And shorthorn is a kind of cattle. So Great. that's kind of cool. That's so they cool. lived on a farm, right? So one night, Elizabeth, she's seven years old, she's with her sister Mary, and they were feeding the animals when they looked up and saw this big-ass silver disc swoop over them. So this is what, she was born in 1910, so this is seven years after that, 17. So 1917, and they see a UFO. Okay. Simultaneously, like right after they see this, a giant orange-red, like, planetoid is how they described it, um, was seen like orbiting and rotating high in the atmosphere coming toward them. So the disc rushes up to meet it and like kind of guides it away. So it, it it's almost like what I would imagine to be a tractor beam grabs the planetoid and like pulls it away. So it's not going to hit them. Okay. That's kind of cool, right? Okay. Both of them freaking the fuck out because they're seven or she's right. seven run into the house, they tell their parents what just happened, and the parents are like, oh, you children and your overactive imaginations. But their dad was like, okay, something something actually freaked you guys out. Let's go look and make sure. So he walks to the edge of the porch, looks up, nothing's there, and he's like, come on, kids, like, 
it was probably just a meteor. It's probably all it was. Elizabeth was like, absolutely not. It was not a meteor. It was the disc that saved us from being crushed. That disc came in and whatever's on that disc saved us. So she's just like convinced, seven-year-old convinced, like that thing saved us. Yeah, she's, she's determined. Yes. Cool. A few months later, she was being told stories by Ladam, their like family farm manager, uh, who was a native to the lands. As he was telling her stories and like talking to her, both of them noticed the sun like suddenly just dim. And they look up and like storms crop up a lot. Uh, this particular storm wasn't just a storm. It was like a funnel cloud tornado. Oh, shit. Yes. So it's coming towards them. And then she sees that same spacecraft fly up and like hover over top of them. And she can like see the tornado coming towards them. And the like spacecraft protects them from the tornado. Okay. Wait, wait, yeah. wait. Time out. Time out. Yes. Time, time, yes. Wait, wait. Where is this happening? South Africa. South Africa. Does South Africa yes. get tornadoes? Yeah, that's a good question. Okay. Yes. 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 All right, perfect. Yes. Cool. Yes. Um only at the extreme southern South Africa. That's where this is I located. Did, I did not know oh, okay then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Neat. Okay. I did not know that there were other places in the world. Oh no, Europe gets tornadoes. I take that back. Uh-huh. Neat. Okay, cool. Go ahead. Cool. So she sees that and so does the gentleman that's with her. So they both look up and he's like, okay. So he says the heaven dwellers and their lightning bird with glittering silver scales had come to save them again. Who? Who said that? The native gentleman that was with them. He's a part of the Zulu people. um, And he he was like their little farm manager, Delio. Okay. So as she grew older, so she's had two experiences now. Before she's like 15 with this um, disc. UFO, right? This okay. disc. Yeah. So she grows up. She leaves South Africa and goes to Florence to study art and music. And then from there, she goes to Cambridge and completes a degree in meteorology, which I was okay. like, damn, get it, girl. Let's go. Yeah. Miss Worldwide over here. Hell Shit. yeah. So she gets married and her husband uh, teaches her to fly a tiger moth prop plane uh, they got married in 1932, so it's like a, a little a small what? a prop plane. Do you know? Do you know? Do you know what a tiger moth prop plane is? No, that's okay. It's a it's a small plane that has uh like a propeller versus oh. like jets, right? A prop plane. Okay, so like a like a like a like the planes that has the double decker. Yes, that's um, exactly what wings. a tiger moth is. Yeah, and then and then the the chicks are always like walking out to the ends of it. Yeah, being that dramatic stunts. and spooky and yeah, stuff. Yeah, being dramatic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, I'm going to be dramatic on my airplane. I'm yes. going to be dramatic for a second and just walk to the edge. Okay, great. Yeah, just, oh, oh, I'm right here. I could fall. Yeah, those. So Okay, great. So they were flying. So, like, like he taught her how to fly that plane, which is kind of cool, right? Like, she's a pilot now. Like, that's cool. That's neat. So she was in a plane with her husband, and he was flying, and it was 1937. So they've been married... Five years now? Yeah, five years. So I think they've had a kid by this point. I don't know. Here we are. Okay. So they're vl- they're flying from Durban to Bragarwantha, I think. That's how you say bless that? It. Probably bless not. You. Germany? Where? I don't know. Somewhere. Somewhere. Okay. <laughs> so they were flying, and she sees that same saucer <gasps> from her childhood 
come up next to the plane, keep pace with them, and then just kind of chill next to him. And like she smacks the shit out of her husband and is like, look, 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 look. So he turns and he sees it and he's like, what the fuck is that? Uh, and then the thing flies off. So she's she says, during that encounter, quote, my mind was being influenced. So that's kind of gross, right? Yeah. Mm, what do you, what what do you mean? What do you mean? Right. We'll, we'll get to that in a second. So after they landed, her husband, who's a military dude, does what any military dude would do and calls his higher ups and is like, what the fuck, bro? So yeah, they appropriate. end up, right. They end up talking about it because like nobody had ever seen anything like this that he knew. Um, so they had that conversation and Elizabeth was like, oh, yeah, I've seen it before. You know, normal, totally normal. <gasps> Oh, right. shit. So they're like, what do you mean you've seen it before? And she kind of explains to them, like, seeing it a couple of times as a kid. And they're like, okay, so where did you see it? And she goes, oh, back home in South Africa. And they were like, all right, you're going to South Africa. And we're going to see if you can find it. Because they think it that it's the secret to unlocking military weapons for the future. That's stupid. Why would they send her back to South Africa when it was just there with her there? Right. I don't know. But here okay. we are. All right. You know what? That's some logic fucking thinking right there. I don't know. Don't ask me. <laughs> so here, here we get into some like crazy woo-woo shit in my brain. Really Bring like it. more woo-woo. So after her encounters with that being that she felt the like weird telepath- telepathic connection to, she started to practice telepathy with anything and everything that she could. So she said like animals other people, uh, plants, like anything that had that electrical spark of life, she was able to have a telepathic communication with. So Okay. Okay. Yeah. Does she uh, – any more elaboration on that? No. That's it. And that was directly from the book that she wrote. Ah. Uh, okay. Yeah. So after practicing, she was able to communicate with the man in the ship. Yeah. Yes. So yes. she found him. She didn't see him, but she could, like, they had a telepathic communication after that initial, like, she felt something, and then she started to develop the skill, and then they still had that link. So, she kind of started to view his presence in her mind, like, that telepathic communication as, like, he's an old friend, like, he's he's good, right? He's a good dude. Yeah, okay. Soon after that, she was waiting for the man from space to make physical contact with her since their minds and spirits were already in harmony. So her, at this her, her words, right? Her words, yes. So right. at, at this point, her first husband, I think that he actually died in an accident at the like the military base that they went to because one of the hangars caught on fire. And oh. Like, they both went in to, like, fix it to, to, like, try and save the planes. And there was... um a gas explosion and <gasps> she was in the hospital for a hot minute and they didn't expect her to survive but she did i think her husband passed away at that point Aww. not not great right not great so moving on to she's waiting for him to make physical contact right she says it happened as she was laying meditating one evening in that same house that she grew up at like as a kid right right her astral body was removed from her physical one and was drawn up through the clouds to a spaceship that she had seen and, like, spent most of her life following. Quote, Above the clouds, two spaceships were hovering in the clear sky. 
Akon, which is the guy's name, Akon's ship lowered a little and I knew we'd found each other. This brought me in close communication, a bond of affinity and love with Akon, who assured me from his physical presence and had transmitted much information about his way of life, where he came from, and the great civilization of his people. Akon the rapper? No. (laughs) I wish. What the fuck? (laughs) It makes me laugh so hard. Okay. Okay. All right. So at this point, at this point, right. Like they just like astrally got to see each other. So Elizabeth knows Akon mind and soul, right? Yes. Does she explain what his appearance is though? Yes. Okay. Yes, she does. Are we are we getting there? Yes. Yes, okay. we yes we do. Okay. Oh oh god. Oh god. So so now she wants to meet him like physically, not just astrally, right? She's like all in on this. So she travels to the top of a hillside to try and see him. And as she like she gets to the top, this spaceship comes down to her, like with using clouds as cover until it gets there and then it like drops the rest of the way down and like hovers like a meter off the ground right so like she can see into it at this point so there's like a porthole on the side and she looks and she she sees him standing there um and he's he's like got his arms crossed and he he's kind of like a severe face right um she looks at him and like their eyes connect and he's got these beautiful like silver gray eyes he's got blonde hair um with like graying at the temples and she's like oh I studied his face, the most wonderful face I had ever seen, and I felt a sense of affinity and love. She loves to use that phrase. I don't know why. So after they stare at each other for a few minutes, like, she sees him kind of smile a little bit, and she's like, oh, my heart beat in my chest. Like, it's, this is, like, (laughs) the most ridiculous, like, Stephanie Meyer fucking bullshit I've ever Ah! read in my life. Ah! It's so Okay. Okay. So, so that that is his his description. Uh, He looks uh, pretty like Nordic, almost um, like as far as humans are concerned, because he looks like a like a person, like a human. Does does he sparkle in the sunlight? No, no, I don't think so. He should. I think. I mean, he should. I think his his silver silver temples might sparkle in the sun. Silver (laughs) fox. Oh my god. <laughs> oh god. Okay. So after a few moments of them like staring at each other, um, the craft like lifts away and then she didn't see him again for a couple of months. So she continued to return to this hill like pretty consistently through the rest of her life. And it was actually so common that they nicknamed it Flying Saucer Hill. So Whoa. Yes. Okay. And it's still to this day known as Flying Saucer Hill. So one morning, it's been months, she's not seen him, right? Months. She wakes up and she knows definitively he will be back that day. Like, she just knows. So she sets out for, like, she throws her clothes on, like, runs outside, like, runs up to the hill. And the spacecraft is already resting on the ground and Akon is, like, standing next to it. Oh, wow. Yeah. So now I'm going to read you a quote. Oh, shit. It's going to be good. Okay. Quote. 
In that wonderful moment, I didn't hesitate, but ran down the rough slope straight to the man beside his ship. Within seconds, I was at his side. Laughing gaily, he caught me round the waist and swung me up onto the hull of his ship. We both laughed as though this was the most natural thing in the world. Then he spoke to me in precise English, and his voice was like a caress. Not afraid this time? I have known your face within my heart all my life, I responded. I am not from any pl uh, place on this planet called Earth, Akon said. He's a... He's an alien. He, he's a oh, he's a he's a real alien here. What the fuck is happening? Oh it, Jesus! This, I had to read so much of this shit, so now you have to read some. Listen to okay, it. Okay. So. Oh, okay. So we all so, have to yeah go through it because you all right great yeah yeah we all have to suffer together. That's how this works. Oh, what the fuck? So so from here he carries like he picks her up and like takes her onto the spaceship. There's like another dude sitting at like a control panel that like smiles and waves like. Uh, Totally normal, right? Totally a fine thing. So Akon explains that he's actually a scientist. He's the physicist of this vessel. And it takes him around star systems to study things. He's basically like just, just a science dude, right? And the right. other guy on the ship is his botanist. And they just fly around the solar system, like looking at shit, doing stuff, you know, whatever, right? That's okay. cool. So, he also explains that his home planet is a planet called Meton, which is in the star system Alpha Centauri, which we've heard before. Right, we have. Yes. So, his people previously lived in this star system on Venus before it became uninhabitable, and they relocated to Meton. So, as they're, like, talking, and he's, like, telling her stuff, and, like, being all, like, he calls her my beloved, like, constantly and it it's it's ruined that phrase for anyone ever uh, to say to me or about i just no i'm always gonna think of that about this whenever i hear my beloved like oh so as they talk yeah <laughs> it's oh it's bad the ship moves like from the hill up and up and up and up and up right like with through her, the with, atmosphere with, with her in it yes okay 100 percent. so she could see the entirety of the earth just floating in space, smoothly rotating uh, with it's like mostly blue with like the cloud cover, you know, like pictures that we get from space, Earth, right? Right. Well, which she put this out in the 1950s, like this book that I'm basically telling you what happened. Like this book was published and here we are. So, yeah, spicy. So they move further and further away from the Earth into this, like, darkness of space, right? And she's like, she wonders in her mind if she will be able to return to Earth because she does still have two young children. Akon answers her verbally so he can read her mind with that fancy telepathy and says that he's taking her to the mothership where she would be the guest of honor for a short period of time before they return her to Earth and to that hill. Man, Akon's really setting the bar. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. like you can't compete with fucking space travel and romantic view of the entirety of fucking <laughs> Earth. Like, like no. he's no, he's, no, 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 he's no. like the romancer. Like, this is yeah. definitely Stephanie Meyer's grade. I yeah, told yeah, you. Yeah. Like he, okay. he, yes, he knows what he is doing. Yeah, he does. <laughs> so, as it turned out, uh, their civilization actually existed on earth eons ago so when they left venus they stopped on earth and earth's moon and actually set up a small colony on earth 
um, just in case something happened, uh, they were there to help kind of guide humanity to be better and to grow and learn how to do things a little faster than they could, right? Right. And then the rest of them went off into space to find Meton. So as they approach the mothership, like he's telling her all of this, like just filling her in on stuff. She described the mothership as like this massive cigar shaped ship. So Akon also during that time explained how the ships worked um, like in detail, which is in the book, which is kind of crazy to me. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Explains how the how the ships work, how they like um, how they were able to change color, um, all sorts of stuff. Like, really intense descriptions of the inside of the ship, how they all work. Like, it's it's worth it if you look past the porn. <laughs> so, <laughs> so when, when they arrive, um, she meets other people of that race. So they, they go into this big ship and, like, Akon's brother meets her and is like, Oh, hi, I'm Akon's brother. It's nice to meet you. Like, the one he's been talking about. Oof. One of the beings, like... The woman, like, looks at her and says she has slant eyes and golden hair. She is descended from our original stock left behind on Earth, so it is right for her to be with us now. So that's interesting. What? Yep. Mm-hmm. You heard me. Yep. She is a descendant from the original Venus people that were left there. So that's cool, right? All right. Yeah. So she continued to learn about them as she spent some time with them. Uh, she described their clothes as very similar to silk, like very light and airy, but not not silk, just like silk, you know? Okay. As she continued to learn more about them, she also discovered that they only eat natural grown foods. Uh, so nothing that comes out of a lab, no like pills, stuff like that, just actual food. And then they also really love their wine. So, okay, I'm down for that part. So after spending some more time with them, uh, she learns about their sciences and about their home in Alpha Centauri and about like the eight planets that make up that star system. Uh, Akon ends up returning her to the hill where he found her after they like hang out and get to know each other. And then Akon actually had another science mission to the constellation of Lyra and had to go away, but he promised her he would return. And then she asked him how she would live with him, like, with them separated so distantly, like, across star systems. And he says, quote, Beloved one, I shall be with you always, Akon softly replied. Our destiny is bound together. A telepathic link binds our souls in eternal love. Our lives are entwined as a gold, as a thread of gold weaves a pattern in the sky. Gently, he put my hand, his hand under my chin, tilting my head up and back and looked me deep in the eyes. My love, my life, my chosen mate, he whispered, his voice soft with emotion. I will return to possess you and sow the seed of my love within your delicate body. The mark of my love will remain within your soul forever. There's my dramatic reading. (laughs) I'm so sick to my stomach (laughs) right now. Yeah, I know. It's gross, right? It's gross. Oh. uh, Yeah. So that's fun. That's not even the worst part. No. uh, Can we stop? That's like PG. No. (laughs) Uh, Nope. Sorry. Too bad. So sad. You wanted this. I'm going to like start crying. You might. You might. You might. Okay. So they were just like, like pretty, pretty close friends, right? Like calling each other my beloved. So close. Yeah. Two years, two years later, two years later. 
Two years? Two years later, he comes back. On Damn. April 7th, 1956, Akon returned for Elizabeth, and they became lovers. Ugh. Quote, I surrendered in ecstasy to the magic of his lovemaking, our bodies merging in magnetic union as the driving essence of our spirits became one. Ma'am, this is a Wendy's. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. So, so after after their initial sexy time, right? After. <laughs> or, okay, gonna... before. Technically, before. Okay. So... <laughs> He takes, like, this silver ring off of his hand um, and gives it to her. Um, and he's like, this is this will enhance our telepathic bond and we'll be able to uh, talk to each other spanning galaxies. So you'll always have me with you, right? Like, super cute. He also tells her, like, um, she is the reincarnated being he was in love with on Venus before uh, everything went to shit and, like, they died. Um he also oh. told her, quote, we rarely mate with Earth women. When we do, we keep the offsprings to strengthen our race and infuse new blood. So. Okay. Yep. Oh, and then before I read this next really long excerpt that made me super uncomfortable, so you have to be uncomfortable. Um, I need you to know that in the book, she straight like talks about how weird the baths are on this ship for like two pages, like two solid pages of just like the water feels like satin. The nubs are the knobs are all weird. Like for she just goes two, on and on about this two for pages, two pages. She yeah. talks about the bathrooms. Correct. Yes. Yes, I want to. I want to read this. I'm I read have this it. Book. I have it. I there is a link put, in put, my notes. Oh, I, mm. I'm going to skip over the porn. I am not there for that. Uh, yep, no, I the, the porn this. is not great. Yeah, it's interesting. It's really interesting. All right, so here is it's like, like it's like soft, soft, soft core. Yes, yeah, because yeah. nothing, nothing is like described. It's just like awkward. How many awkward ways can you say we had sex? So here we are. <laughs> <laughs> so all right so i'm gonna read this excerpt this page from the book to you um it's, this is gonna be a ride just get ready so quote standing naked before the mirrors this is immediately post bath right immediately post bath i found a silver mounted hairbrush taking down my long golden hair i brushed it out to dry after the shower there was movement in the mirrors without a sound akon came behind me and put his hands in my hair tumbling it up against his face and burying his lips in its mass holding me close to him he removed a ring from his little finger and placed it over my middle finger so she's got tiny ass fingers or his are just giant either way eh. <laughs> either way <laughs> It was exotic and beautiful, made from beaten silver and green enamel with a great stone of light set in the middle. It's too large for you, my beloved one, so we will place a half band of silver within it. I want you to wear it always as part of me to maintain our telepathic communication for all of time, he says. I could feel and sense the magic properties emanating from the ring. Akon put his hand under my chin, tilting my head back, and he kissed me with long and lingering kiss on the lips. Picking me up in his arms, he carried me to the silken platform by the curved wall, its firm softness supporting our bodies with luxurious comfort as I gave myself to the man from outer space. <laughs> what in the... What? What in the Wattpad is this? But what is the fucking what fanfic bullshit is this? What in the fucking archive of our own? What the oh. fuck? 
Oh my lord. Okay, so so so. All right. Oh, there's me, more. <laughs> no. a, just, just tiny, tiny, tiny little bit. Okay. So he says, "My beloved, my life." Akon whispered again and again as I surrendered in ecstasies to the magic of his lovemaking. Our bodies merging with the magnetic union. Blah blah. blah. I already said that part. In doing so, I became whole. Which, eh, I disagree. A partner doesn't make you whole, but you know. And that's that's all I'm gonna make you listen to. And then like. A page and a half later, she says, what a way to conceive, exclamation point. Oh, so she's pregnant by this alien. Wait, so so Uh this alien dude, Broski, has to be like, yeah, yeah, has to be. I think he's like 450, something like that. Okay, because I was going to say, but they're reincarnated? Uh, She is reincarnated. Like his lover. But he, but... But, like, the whole Venus thing didn't mm-hmm. happen 450 years ago, did it? Maybe longer than that. Okay, so... Right, that's, yeah, that's what I'm so saying. He's got to be, like, millions. Yeah, there's some, somewhere in the thousand. book. Yeah, easy. There's somewhere in the book that it mentions that they've, like, unlocked the secret to um, the elixir of life. Or the... Essentially, the elixir of life. So, probably a lot older... There was one place that said he was like 400. So okay, I might be wrong. Fair. I didn't get that directly from the book. That's fine. But here we are. So after this lovely time, he drops her back off. Right. So they bang a couple times and then he's like, all right, dip. See ya. Leaves. <laughs> <laughs> Hit it and quit it if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Going to smash yeah. and dash. Yeah. Gonna... But, but also like it must have been really good for her to like write that much about like a whole fucking book with like several pages describing it like each time so i mean you know she she had the best night of her life is what i think happened but yeah apparently she got some good dick or something damn something i don't know depends here we are so at this point she's pregnant like big pregnant right four months later she gives birth to a healthy son so the gestation period for these guys apparently is four months i don't know how that works i don't get it don't look at me I don't know. Okay. Okay. So also I kind of skimmed over this part in the book because it was getting kind of close to time, but she was being chased by Russian spies during the pregnancy. So like they knew she was pregnant with an alien baby and they were like, yo, we want that kid. And she was like, no, get fucked. Um, and ran. Right. I don't know. Here we are. She was in a car driving when she went into labor and somehow Akon like, dematerialized her and her mg car and transported them all the way to meton for the delivery whoa yes yeah so i don't know how that worked i don't understand but here we are so she was like the pregnancy was all on earth and then the birth was on meton so elizabeth wanted to live out the rest of her life with akon and their son ailing which is yeah ailing which is what they named him but unfortunately, the magnetic vibrations of Meton did not agree with her body, and it actually started to give her heart trouble. So she Ooh. wasn't able to live there. So they had to, like, um, Ailing is, like, stayed with his dad um, on Meton to, like, grow up and learn, right? And she went back to Earth, which sucks, right? Like, that's really right. sad. Like, you have a kid with this dude that's like, ah, shit, here we are. So all sorts of... Like, obviously, he couldn't, like, Aileen couldn't live on Earth because if anybody figured out, oh, that's, like, that's half alien, like, oh, shit, like, all the governments would want the kid. So that's not going to work out, right? So here is a quote from her describing Meton. 
There were no cities or skyscrapers as Earth people know them anywhere on Meton. Homes were scattered in park-like grounds. There was an abundance of all things needed by civilization, food, water, and all materials for building, an unlimited supply of energy on tap from the atmosphere and the universe, no shortages of any kind, and no monetary system at all. So, so probably a better healthcare system too. So I would like, imagine so. Yes, pro- probably, She's probably like, well you know, taken care of. Probably like a better medicinal needs to uh, give birth rather than doing. However, that one king yep. had that birthing kink and then fucked it all up for the rest of us. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Look that up. Uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about. Okay. Cool. So. From this point forward, every so often she would return to the hill and communicate with Akon and Ailing via holograms. Um, and sometimes they would actually come back to Earth to visit her. Mm-hmm. For some reason, in 1963, she actually married Major Fielding, um, an ex-British intelligence broadcaster. Even though she was, like, super in love with Akon, she married this other dude. So, like, ugh, whoops. So when he was asked what he thought about his wife's extramarital affair, he said, my wife's been in love with a spaceman for 20 years. That's all right Uh, with me, as long as he stays in space where he belongs. (laughs) So Fair enough, I guess, yeah. I guess so. So at this point, she began a very public campaign talking about peace, hope, and love between all beings. Um, And actually, that's when she, in 1980 published beyond the light barrier which details her love story with akon that's that book so she at that point became a celebrity within the ufo community and she was actually the guest of honor at the international congress ufo convention and was the first woman ever to become pregnant by an alien in 84 1984 you're welcome she addressed her story to the house of lords in england and her paper was read at a united nations meeting so, could you just imagine somebody, like, who got picked to read her paper, like, this this raunchy love story to the House of Lords, I wonder? Because, like, just a bunch of stuffy old dudes being like, oh, shit, like, she's into this dude, what? So, weird, right? I think it's weird. I think it's, I think this whole thing is weird. It's pretty fucking weird, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You asked for this, though. Because it's like, part of me wants to believe it, and then... yeah. yeah. Exactly. So up but, until, but, the, but then it's then it's this. But then she writes it like this. Yeah, exactly. Yep. But then it's my beloved. This and that, and here we are. So in nineteen, oh excuse me, no. So up until her death in twenty thirteen, every year on April seventh, Elizabeth would return to Flying Saucer Hill for the anniversary of their union. So every year, the day they had sex, she would go back and just stare at the sky. <sighs> Every day, so, every year. So, like, he never came back. Oh, no, he did. He would come back every April 7th and see oh, her. Okay. He, so he did. So he did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm, I'm assuming that was just, like, their their yearly appointment. Like, oh, it's the 7th. <laughs> Where are you at, bud? It's, it's, it's about that time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. There was actually a really good article that I read, um, an interview with Elizabeth. And she, like, the interviewer asked her... You know, does does Akon know that you do X, Y, or Z, whatever? And Elizabeth said, quote, he knows everything. He'll read your article. He's been to this cottage, but he doesn't really like Johannesburg. Too much pollution. He fixed my MG the other day. So, like, 
he was there pretty recently and like fixed her car. So that's cool. And that was after her uh, third husband had passed. Um, she actually died at 88 and he still came to visit her. She was working on another book when she passed away titled The Gravity File, which was one on military and political aspects of UFO research and actually explained the electrogravity propulsion technology that Akon spacecraft uses. Mm -hmm. So she was working on a pretty scientific paper So when she passed. And that is the story of Elizabeth and Akon. Awesome. And their, their love story. Maybe she'll be reincarnated and get to be with him again. We'll see. Yeah, because how many times does that happen before that runs out? You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I don't know. But there we are. There's our love story. Our uh, supernatural twilight, as it were. All right. The next time that we do anything, quote unquote, lovers, it's going to be a yeah. hard, hard no from me. Damn it. Especially but that was not, so much fun. Especially not at that level of softcore porn. Uh, oh, that wasn't even bad. That's the that's the closest anybody will get to like getting me to read anything raunchy, though. So there you go. That's I was, it. I was expecting a little, a little bit more. A little. I bit mean, more. I can find it. No. if you want. No. You sure? I still got the PDF up. No. I can like we can move control on F this. some I, shit. We got no no we gotta no <laughs> control fuck if no what, did, what Virginia's for lovers Connecticut's for fucking yeah exactly <clears throat> anyways correct I I gotta cover my part now are you ready to cover my yes, part now yes. okay all right um, tell me but before that. Uh, yes. th this is the part of the podcast where we give shout outs to our newest Patreon members and we do not have any newest Patreon members today and that is okay. Um, yeah, so head on over to Patreon if you want to get a shout out and anywhere else you're listening to us like on iTunes, be P-P-P-P-P's, pa. P-P-P-P? <sighs> we're talking about pee-pee now? Get it together. What are you doing? No, I know we were just talking about softcore porn. Eh. Um, <laughs> the pee-pee. Please. <sighs> <laughs> oh, you can't take me anywhere anywhere you're listening to us like itunes please be sure to rate and review if you're on spotify you're fired please be sure Never. to <laughs> smash that follow button and then do the thing okay yeah do do the thing because rate and review if you like what we do oh you switched it up on me i like it i like it you're welcome okay so i katie groves We'll be covering yeah. what? The, the invasion of Washington. Oh, shit. This sounds like War of the Worlds. <laughs> um, it really wasn't that bad. And, you know, there was a, there was a whole cover up. But I thought oh, it was of course. I thought it was suiting since I live next to D.C. And there was. There oh, was a, no, that's very suiting. Yeah, but like, yeah, I know. Spoiler invasion of Washington. But like that's already in the title. So you already know what it is. Um, Haha. So a bit of a backstory before we um, get to the, you know, hashtag real deal of the story, right? Um, yes. As we've kind of mentioned it probably at some point in this in, in this spiel shit show. Um, the government started a unit called Project Blue Book in no way. What a spoiler. <laughs> in 1952, uh, which was to perform UFO investigation operations in the U.S. about sightings to determine if it was real or just a weather balloon. Wink. Oh, shit. Uh, fun fact, because I actually opened up the Project Blue book, I think. I don't understand the, the book that they published on the FBI vaults. I don't get it. Uh, but in, in it, it said in 1952 alone, there were 1,501 sightings. 
and 303 were concluded to be unidentified sightings, meaning oh shit, it wasn't a weather balloon. Oh, hot and, damn. Okay. And they, and they had no idea what it was in 1952. Oh, no. So, so leading the investigation is one Captain Edward Ruplet. What Rup- a name. Ruplet. Ruplet? Ruplet. 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 I'm going to go with Ruplet. Uh, that's, it rolls off better. Uh, he's going to make a, he's going to make an appearance throughout this whole thing. Um, so keep that in mind. So he's based out of the Wright Patterson Air Force Base in Dayton, Dayton, Ohio. Ohio. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Okay. I've been there. Yeah. So I'm sorry. Um, Me too. Yeah. So Ruplet is going to be our guy. He's the one who does the investigations for Project Blue Book. So here we go. So on that fateful day. No, it's night. On that fateful night <laughs> at 11.40 p.m. Saturday, oh, July 19th in 1952, Oof. a man by the name of Edward Nugent, an air traffic controller guy at the now Ronald Reagan Washington National Airport. Okay. Okay. So it, I'm just going to call it the, the Washington National Airport or the National Airport. Fair. That's, that's too long. So there were seven, counted seven. 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 Seven whole. Unidentified flying objects showing up on his radar that were slow moving. The That's seven, a lot. It's a lot. The seven hits on the radar were 15 miles or um, 24 kilometers for you freedom-hating people. That's a joke. That's a joke. <laughs> for legal reasons, <laughs> that's a joke. That's not... I know. Okay. Uh, South-southwest <laughs> of D.C. Okay. The objects were not known... We're not of any known civilian or military. We're not on any known civilian or military flight path. So it was. They were definitely uh, AWOL. The gross. The let's see. The, the controller guy Nugent called the senior controller. You know, joking it about it being like flying saucers. Like, come look at my radar. I got some bogies. They might be some UFOs. And asked to some have his spooky shit. <laughs> some spooky. Uh, asked to have his equipment double checked. That's reasonable, yeah. So the senior controller dude noted that the movement came, so the movements from the blips, the, the dings, the the UFOs, mm. on on the on the controller were completely radical and were not normal movement of any aircraft that we know of of that at that time. <laughs> it was totally like, radical, bro. Tubular. <laughs> <laughs> You done? No. That was a really good joke. Okay. <laughs> Two other controllers also checked the radar, giving the green light. So the senior called up another radar control tower in the airport area. And those same seven blips were also coming up on their radar. And they could even see a bright light hovering in the sky. And then with ludicrous speeds. Uh, You know that movie? Ludicrous speeds? Yeah. Or just speed. No, nah, can't go under we're, sixty we're, hour, we're miles going, an hour. We're going ludicrous. Ludicrous speed. Spaceballs. You never watched Spaceballs? It's been a long time. Okay. Yeah, I've seen oh. it once. It's been a long time. Once. Okay. You know yeah. what? We're having a movie night. Um, Yay! So with lud- with ludicrous speeds, they zipped out of sight. Got the zoomies. They're like so- dumb cats. <laughs> zoom zoom. <laughs> The blip specs or whatever they were were appearing on radar, um, and they were popping up all over D.C. Okay. When they finally reached over the White House and the Capitol building, all jokes stopped, and the senior controller of the tower called Andrews Air Force Base that's only 10 miles away. Andrews 
reported at the time they had nothing on their radars, but an airman in their tower saw, and I quote, an orange ball of fire trailing a tail, moving at unbelievable speeds. It was later reported that the objects had to have been moving at 7,000 miles per hour. Excuse me. That's fast. To get all over DC like they were, they had to have been moving at 7,000 miles per hour. 7,000 counted. Seven, three zeros miles per hour. Okay. Absolutely not. Nope. Not okay. Not real. not Not a good thing. On the runway of the National Airport was a captain in the cockpit of a DC-4 waiting for permission to take off. He said that he saw what he thought was a meteor that was actually moving towards him. But for 15, sorry, for 14 minutes, this pilot captain guy observed six objects that were, and I quote, white, tailless, tailless, fast moving lights. That's not great. Air traffic control also verified what he was seeing. So everybody, everybody saw it. Everybody was seeing this. So finally, the UFOs were showing up on Andrews Air Force Base radar. So fighter jets from Delaware, apparently. Apparently, the closest fighter jets were in Delaware. Shit. Were sent to investigate. So they sent two. So depending on who you ask, the story goes, uh, either the jets chased the UFOs all over DC, but would just zip away when the pilots got near, or when the jets arrived the ufos disappeared until the jets were recalled because they were running out of fuel oh either way the u.s ufos finally pissed off at about uh 5 30 in the morning cool they just stopped that's a large amount of time that's like six hours 11 to five six and a half six yeah. hours yeah gross about six, about six hours of these uh ufos trailing all over dc gross i yep. hate it thanks yep so the next day the sightings made national headlines like uh, saucers swarm over the Capitol. Oh, I would have preferred saucer swarm state buildings. Personally, that would have been much better. But, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was waiting for like the alliteration. So my brain was already like, ooh, saucer swarm. Oh, okay. I don't know That's if fine. that was uh, a joke play on with, with January 6th. No. No. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. No. Nope. Nope. Swarm, swarm over state building. Mm. Mm. We'll work on it. It's a worker project. It's WIP, WIP. So, <laughs> um, so uh, the National Airport and Andrews Air Force Base were again tracking these objects. Nope, I skipped four too far. Excuse me. Whoops, whoops. I, I spoiled it. Damn it. Uh, Re- rewind. So, so rewind. Back up. We're going back. Uh, the news lines came out. Da da da. Coincidentally, Ruplet. Remember the guy. Mm. That's the yeah. guy. Ruplet. The okay. fella. He just so ha- <clears throat> the fella what yeah that fella the that fella. one fella the, the fella fellow fella. if if you want to get real southern the feller he just so happened to be in D.C. that Monday morning when the stories hit the news headlines uh he Ooh. phoned he phoned the Pentagon because no one told him even though oh oh, oh no oh no <laughs> the the only reason why he found out was because of the fucking newspapers no one told him. So he called the Pentagon and was like, what the fuck? They, in turn, told him to get fucked, and they said that you can't have money for a staff car or even money for a cab fare. Wow, sucks to suck, bud. Yep, so he was either going to have to pay his own way or cry about it. So he cried about it. He cried about it, and he went back home to Ohio. Damn. No, I would have been like, well, I guess uh, cab fare. Jeez. 
I don't know. It must have been too much for him to pay or something. But he just was apparently frustrated and went home. So now, so now, fast forward. Um, the next Saturday at 8.15 p.m., July 26, 1952, a pilot and a stewardess on a national airlines flight noticed lights above their plane. Oh, no. So the National Airport and Air Andrews Air Force Base were again tracking these objects. Um, United States Air Force Master Sergeant Charles E. Cummings actually saw these objects with his own two eyeballs saying, and I quote, these lights did not have the characteristics of shooting stars. There were no trails. They traveled faster than any shooting star I have ever seen, end quote. Disgusting. That's a master sergeant saying that. That that gentleman knows what his eyeballs do see. That's he, like asking Legolas what he sees. <sighs> well, tell like, me what your oof. eyes see. Um, tell me what your staff sergeant eyes see. <laughs> <laughs> Ma- master Ooh. master sergeant eyes. Oh, excuse me, master sergeant. <laughs> yes. What do your master sergeant eyes see? Oh my master god. chief. What do your eyes see? Oh my god. Yes. <laughs> Blake. Okay. Because um, Blake's name is Master Chef. Um, a, spokes- uh, oh, well. a, a spokesperson from Project Blue Book, um, Albert M. Chop, rolled up to the National Airport. Not not the other guy. Uh, he's apparently still back in Ohio, whatever. Oh. I, another spokesperson made it there. And okay. He was in the radar tower center control room, whatever he was looking at. The, yeah. Yeah. So he was watching the UFOs move all around the sectors of D.C., no, absolutely not. Thank you. No. So the blips were were either slow moving, moving in reverse, or moving at speeds of again seven thousand miles per hour. Were they reversing at seven thousand miles an hour? Probably. Too? Probably. Oh shit! Flip back and reverse it. Back that ass <laughs> up. You know what I mean? Um, Ooh. At, at eleven thirty p.m. So so that started at eight fifteen. Yeah. So now we're at eleven thirty. Again. Two fighter jets were deployed from the Delaware Air Force Base to chase down these lights in D.C. One pilot was chasing four white balls at his maximum speed, but eventually gave up because he knew he would not be able to overtake them at such speeds. How fast does a fighter jet go? Because I don't know. It also depends on the kind of fighter jet, I guess. Yeah, and it said it said what the fighter jets were, and I didn't write them down because I'm a wiener. But That's okay. Um... I just, at, the, at the time, I have no idea. Not okay, seven, well, not seven thousand miles per hour. Absolutely not. Yeah, I just googled it and it said top speed is Mach six, and that's uh, four thousand miles an hour. Um, but yeah, but so. you just take in consideration this was nineteen fifty two. Ooh, I think that's they, fair. Yeah, I don't know if they were at Mach six at the time. Yeah, no, that's current. So not even sort of. Yeah, is the I, answer to that question. I don't even know if they would hit Mach one or two at the time. But Shit. here we are. That's okay. So, yeah, yeah, definitely not. Still, to this day, could not hit 7,000 miles per hour. All right. So, I lost my point in my notes again. Okay. So, at one point, another pilot was surrounded by the... Not the same pilot. Different Oof. pilot. One of the pilots. I don't know. A pilot. A pilot was surrounded by all four glowing lights where he asked Control what should he do. Huh. To, to which no one responded because <gasps> because no one had any idea what he should do. That poor man's butt cheeks. <gasps> oh, no. You could shove a lump of coal up there and you'd shit out a diamond. That poor uh, man. So after after midnight, another liaison for the Project Blue Book and a U.S. Navy radar specialist. Okay. U.S. Navy radar specialist show up 
at the Washington National Airport to the radar control room to check it out themselves. So this is going on so far. People are flying in to check it out. Jesus. Uh, They get a call at the time when they all get there. They get a call from the Washington National Service, Washington National Weather Service Station. Oh, no. Where they said that there was a temperature inversion in the area. Oh, I don't like that phrase. Temperature inversion? So so no. weird, so there's this weird phenomenon that happens in this area. A temperature inversion is when there is a cool air when there is cool air in the city, cool crisp air, okay? Oh, so but, crisp. So crisp, so clean, not how it normally fucking is here. It's so muggy and shitty. Gross. But a layer of hot, muggy, moist shitty air. air. <laughs> Moist. Moist. Proceed. <laughs> air moves down on top of the cool, crisp, not moist air. Okay? Right. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, because yeah, yeah. of this layer of hot, shitty air, <laughs> the radar signals can sometimes not necessarily bounce off, but can just get a little angled when it hits that hits that layer. So that obviously comes back to the radar as if there's something there. Okay. Okay? Okay. So that's what it did. So make sense? Temperature inversion? Yes. Yes. Temperature inversion and shitty air and crisp air. I got it. So, however, the radar specialist said, so after we've de- de- defined what the weather inversion is, and it can show yes. up as a little, a little something on the radar, right? However, this, this Navy radar specialist said that the radar pings were, in, were good and solid and no reason to do the thingy thing that they're doing with a weather inversion, temperature inversion thing. So... Even so, the so the so the U.S. Navy radar specialist guy said yeah. no, no. These are obvious objects in our airspace. <laughs> so everyone, that's, of, that's good. <laughs> that's good. Everyone in the radar controller room was convinced that the pings were from solid metal objects. Period. Oh, that's really reassuring and kind of cool. Those balls of light aren't balls of light, buds. Yep. Oof. So depending on who you ask, either the fighter jets were in the sky all night or they were deployed again. So you got two more fighter pilots in the area that were deployed, I guess, later that morning-ish or were still around. I don't know how long jets can be in the sky for. I don't know. So I don't know. They were deployed and they saw one saw nothing while Mm. the other one did see a light and then chased it down. But once it got close enough, it vanished. Oh, no. That's cool. So, again, at sunrise, the sightings were no more. They fucked off. Okay. So, this is the second time it happened. So, this is obviously raising national concerns, right? Yeah, because that's a week later, right? Because they both happened on Saturday. Correct. Correct. Seven days later. Oh, no. President Harry Truman was concerned for the sightings. And he, he had his Air Force person represent guy... Uh, call Ruplet about the sightings. However, Ruplet explained that it could have been the weather version, but he hadn't even started doing the investigation, so he didn't even know. Because, again, he was never there for any of this. Right, yeah, because the the Pentagon was like, hey, get fucked. Hey, cry about it. So, before the investigation could even begin, the Air Force held a press conference at the Pentagon, which was apparently a big to-do because it was the second press... It was the first press conference held after World War II. Ooh. And it was, like, the longest press conference held. 
because obviously it was UFOs over Washington. So that's kind of a big deal. It's kind of a yeah, because kind I mean, of a the, thing. The Nazis are still fresh on your mind. Like, what kind of crazy shit did they come up with? Are they still trying to attack us? What's happening? Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Ooh. So, so as the Air Force, you know, a government agency, you know, yeah. more or less, um, an armed for- force for the government, um, we can all suspect where this is going to go and what they're going to say. Right. right? For so sure. the two United States Air Force people who answered the questions for the whole shit show gave some simple explanations for the people. First. Weather visual- balloon. <laughs> <laughs> Worse. Worse. Oh, no. First, the visual sightings over the areas were just falling stars or meteors, i.e. misidentified aerial phenomena. That's what it's they called it. It's a meteor. It's a meteor moving Don't all you worry over, about nothing. All over DC. All over DC. It's a it's a, a meteor on a cat just flying around. Second, <sighs> the unexplained radar blips were from the temperature inversion that was happening over DC that evening, though it was ruled out that's not what happened. So, going further to say that the Ugh. pings were not from solid objects, so there was no threat to national security. Ooh. So after a bunch of question dodging and half answered bullshit, soon followed, soon soon followed, press press asked more questions, and they just proceeded to just dodge or just say it was temperature aversion or a falling star, as they do, you as know? they do. But so that's yeah. the entire that's the entire press conference: falling stars and that's, temperature aversion. That's the most useless press conference I've ever. No, no, <laughs> not that I've ever heard one of one of the most useless press conferences. What was not the most? What was the worthless? Worse, worthless one. Uh, anything from twenty sixteen. Oh, oh, on? oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, even right now, they're still pretty useless. But, yeah. Okay. Thank you. you know. I'm yeah. Picking up, yeah. I'm picking, yeah. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Cool. 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 Shit! I lost my note. Oh, there we go. Okay. Oh, sorry. It's because my screen is black and the cat keeps jumping on me. I don't know what he wants. <laughs> <sighs> I'm almost Attention. done. We're, we're almost done. So. <sighs> Though there were other people in the area that evening, mm-hmm. they verified with the United States Air Force that they saw nothing. So there were people who were involved with the UFO stuff in that area flying around, and they said that they saw nothing. Oh, cool. Cases being, a B-25 bomber was radioed several times by air traffic control at National Airport if yeah. they could see anything up in the sky. To which the crew saw nothing. Their whole oh, flight. Oh, wow. Yep. Holy uh, shit. One, one of the uh, targets that air traffic control asked them to confirm, uh, they verified it to be a steamboat. In the air? No, on the ground. Like, oh. apparently, apparently they, the, wherever the ping was, whatever the object was in that area oh. was a steamboat. So they're like, we see nothing other than a, a steamboat in the area going up the river. Got you. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, an Air Force captain... By the name of Harold May, he was at Andrews Air Force Base in the radar center when he got a heads up that one of the objects was moving in his direction. So he went outside to observe and he saw an object changing color from red to orange to green to red. So moving in a cycle, Mm. right? Yeah. And moving erratically in the air. Okay. However, however, apparently he didn't have the master sergeant eyes um he was your master sergeant i see <laughs> he chalked it up to seeing a star that was distorted in the atmosphere because that does happen that is right how, yeah and the movement was an illusion i'm just my brain's imagining stuff 
Bro, if your eyes are like that messed up and you're seeing things like that. Was he part of the Air Force? He was an Air Force captain. Yes. Oh, well, he probably captain like flies planes. He should probably not fly planes if his eyes do that. <laughs> just, <laughs> just. <laughs> well, he's not flying planes anymore. No, it's true. So another airliner above DC, this was a commercial airliner, was given heads up that there was an unidentifiable, unidentifiable object in the skies with them. But Gross. The, but the crew saw nothing. What? Yep. But they were told by traffic control that there were lights behind them. So the aircraft took a very sharp turn to see the objects behind them. Okay. As soon as they turned the aircraft, they were informed that the lights had already moved along. I don't like that. I don't like it either. So um, those were the instances where people saw nothing. So uh-huh. that was enough, apparently. However... Yeah. Um, everybody in that radar control room stands by what they saw that it was mm-hmm. solid pings that were coming across the radar and that it was not weather aversion and they don't they they completely denounce what the United States Air Force had to say about that in the press conference. Awesome. That's wow. Yep. So wow. That's the that's the invasion of Washington. I guess it didn't happen again. And that was that. Or if it does, that maybe everybody's just used to it and they're like, keep it on the download. Don't tell anybody. No, it's just falling stars that's moving radically horizontally through the sky. What? Maybe maybe they just call ATIP because after all of their research at Skinwalker Ranch, they probably know a lot of shit about the way uh, UFOs behave. I am like traumatized from Skinwalker Mm -hmm. Ranch. Can we just... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Blake has downloaded everything. I know. Like, he's gotten access, and I'm going to watch it all. I'm excited. You, you better... We better have a watch party. You better not watch it without <gasps> yeah, me. Yeah, we can all watch it together. It'd be great. Ugh. Hell yeah. And then we can we can have... Um, yeah? Yes? Titties. That's... Bu- no! <laughs> you were doing this. No! That's, I wasn't... I was just, okay. Just gesticulating. Um, okay. Book, book club. Book club. Oh, yeah! With... with um, that's that book you read there. Yeah, do you want to take turns reading it to each other? That'd be pretty funny. <laughs> we can... <laughs> You want to get drunk and do that one night? Do you want to like Patreon? Uh, oh shit! <laughs> okay, le- let uh somebody like we're gonna make a poll somewhere for something. Let us know if that's something you would like us to do. Because holy shit, that um, would be funny. I'm the poll. You're the poll, and I say, you say yes, and I say we're doing it. So. Okay, all right, I'm fine I, with that. We're gonna I'm sold. we're gonna have drunk nights, and we're gonna. Oh, read. Yeah. it's like, if it's like 150 page, we can like it take- is yeah. I will, I will, I will volunteer to get drunk and read fifty pages. Hell yeah, let's an epi- do it. An episode, and then hell yeah, there we go. I'm sold because they're they're tiny little pages, but yeah, I'm I'm one thousand percent down for that because it's gonna make me scream laugh. Cool. So great. Let's do it. Ugh. <laughs> Fabulous. Perfect. Okay. All I'm right. into it. Good talk. Um, lovely. I hate it. Thanks. I Thanks for everything. This was no, this was no. my favorite. No, no. Thank you for You're a welcome. time. For a, You're for so a, welcome. For a story, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yes. I read a lot of porn for this story. So, <laughs> you know. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's let's uh, let's uh, wrap it up. If you want to check us out some more, be sure to head on over to our website at www.hauntherbarelyknowher.com. No, there's no W's. There's no W's. It's just no, just hauntherbarelyknowher.com. Yes, it, indeed it is. Uh, cool. We also have a contact page where you can submit requests, so be sure to submit any requests you want us to cover, any topics you want us to cover. We'll cover it the best we can, or I can do like a 10-minute skit at the beginning if you want. That's always cool. That's always fun. Woo. Uh, Silent Hill. Woo. Also, it's if you different have, than Loud Hill. 
I live to make you just just facepalm. That's my existence. That's why you, I'm you, here. You kill me. So, uh, you made me lose my entire train of thought. I fucking. <laughs> oh my god! What do I even I'm so say sorry. now? Oh, if you have uh, any if you have any ghost stories, please be sure to submit them at our email. I'm not even it's haunt her. I really know her at gmail.com. Um oh, oh, uh, also be sure to hit us up on our social medias. I'm so fucking tired and done with this episode. <laughs> Holy shit, social medias at H H I B K H podcast. I'm on Instagram. Zoe's on Twitter. Yes. Amazing, great. Everybody have a fantastic life. We'll see you next week. Yeah. Have a, have a great time, everyone. Have, have a time. That's yeah, just, just that's, have, have, a have, time. A, have a day. Okay. Have the day, you know. <laughs> Until next time. Haunt her. I barely know her. Or that crazy spaceman. Space penis. Space, space, space dick. Space dick. <laughs> <laughs>